Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. So PMC Beyond, we we live in stressful times, don't we? Frustrating times. I'm not just talking about the pandemic. Certainly there's a bunch of other things going on right now. And our current state of affairs our cultural moment that we're having right now, it can certainly get under our skin sometimes. It can make us edgy. We can get, we can get frustrated and, and, and worn down through all of it. Now, certainly we know that we are going to have hard times in life, right? We know that. We know every day isn't easy peasy. But sometimes... When it's like you're, you're doing what you can and you're trying to calibrate and manage everything and, and, and then it's just like that extra stress is thrown into the pot. That extra stress, all of a sudden, it's just like it's the one more thing. And then all the little things that we do so well, uh, the things that we master, uh, the, the, the stuff that shouldn't require any thought energy, all of a sudden, it starts to get draining. The little things in life become hard as well. Life gets draining. We get weary. Our headspace gets fuzzy. Our thinking is a little dull. And yeah, sometimes we get to the point where our precious little emotional energy, the little bit that we might have left, it doesn't take much for that to just blow up and, or, or burn away. We might get triggered. We might hear something or a situation comes our way and we just snap. We might blurt something out. We've all done this before. Sometimes we just will say something outrageous. We'll say something that's rude or mean, something that is insensitive. We just blurt something out. And, you know, if, if there's somebody around us, they might hear it and they might say, oh, well, tell us how you really feel. They're being sarcastic. Tell me how you really feel. Just just go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell us how you really feel. Right. Tell me how you really feel. You know, in the Old Testament, during the days of Babylonian exile. The people of God, the community of Israel, they were feeling very dried up, very hopeless. They cut off. For many of them, many in, in Israel during exile, they, they were living as if like the, the nails of their coffin were already like nailed shut. They, they were very hopeless, a people with no hope. And maybe you can relate to some of this. But in Babylonian exile, God calls this priest named Ezekiel to be a prophet. God raises up Ezekiel and gives Ezekiel a bunch of fascinating and wild, amazing visions. Fascinating visions. And some of these visions are visions of hope and visions of restoration. 
Today, we get to talk about one of these restorative visions. We're in a sermon series right now. It's called Restored. This is part three of four. And we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 37 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Now, as we get started this morning, I have three assumptions to share with you, kind of just as like a footnote as we get into this. Three assumptions. The first assumption is I'm going to assume that you don't read casually from the book of Ezekiel that much. The second assumption is I assume that you haven't heard many, many sermons from Ezekiel. Like, you don't have this extensive sermon history uh, from, from Ezekiel. But my third assumption is today's passage is basically like the one passage you're probably super familiar with. The passage we're getting into today is very popular. It's, it's made it into uh, the popular landscape in terms of Bible stories. So we get to explore this vision today, Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. God takes Ezekiel to this valley. Now remember, it's a vision. God takes Ezekiel to this valley by the Spirit of the Lord. It's a forsaken place. It is a valley of death. It's very dreary and, and, and dry. If you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings stories, like this is not the Shire. This is the dead marshes. This is, this is Mordor. This is bad news. This is a place you don't want to be. The valley of death. There's bones and bones everywhere. Piles and piles of, of people bones. Skeletons. And God almost like, it's like he takes Ezekiel by the hand and he's leading Ezekiel around. It's like an inspection. And, you know, all these bones, these, these corpses, they're not rotting. They're not decomposing. They are described as very dry. They've been dead a long time. This vision is very symbolic. It's symbolic. It, it, it relates to the community of Israel. Israel is not sick. They're not dying. They are dead. They are dead, and it appears the community of Israel has been dead a long time. Bones, the flesh is long gone, it's been picked clean by birds. The bones are dry, they've, they've been bleached by the sun. Piles and piles of bones, a spectacular sight. Now, we've seen images of war before. We, we, have seen images of mass graves and gas chambers. And, and just recently, in our own context, we remember the images of 9-11. Of Maybe we can experience uh, and, and, and relate a little bit of, of what Ezekiel 
must be seen in this vision. Piles and piles of bones. What happened here? Who are these people? And also, just as a side note, in the ancient Hebrew mind, not being buried, that is such a disgrace. And this valley of bones is no place for a priest. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. You alone know. I love Ezekiel's response here. He is expressing this, this humility and, and also like probably bewilderment here. Now, Ezekiel knows, probably knows the story of Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 4. Elisha restored um, a boy back to life. God used Elisha in that process. Ezekiel probably understands the concept of resuscitation. But what about these bones? What about all of these bones? Is resurrection even in Ezekiel's framework here? Hey there, PMCB on. Talk about frustrations and that extra stress that nobody wants, but things just kind of come into play. Uh, this has been a week for me. Let me tell you, uh, this is the third time I've been trying to record this, this sermon, but uh, you got to love technology. So uh, we're just going to keep plugging away. I'm back in my home office. Uh, so um, yes, let's get back to Ezekiel. Sorry about that little hiccup there, but uh, Ezekiel's answer, I think Ezekiel's answer is brilliant. Only God knows. Only you know this stuff, God. Ezekiel's answer puts the ball back into God's court. And so we have this little Q&A between God and Ezekiel. And then we get the solution. Prophesy to these bones. You hear that? Prophesy to these bones. Wait, preaching to bones is nonsense. Everybody knows preaching at, at funerals is, is for the living, not the dead. The, the, these bones will not hear Ezekiel. But nevertheless, God says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. And I just want us to pause on that for a moment. Hear the word of the Lord. The dead need to hear the word of God. I want to jump to the New Testament, to the church age. As Christians, we know a big shaping force in our faith is is scripture, is, is God's word. As evangelicals, scripture is one of, one of our, our marks, biblicism. Uh, we, we value the Bible. We value God's word. So does Paul, the apostle Paul. He's, he's writing, he's writing on the message of Jesus Christ. We're in Romans chapter 10. I'm just going to read a little bit here. Uh, 
I'm talking to you. Oh, yeah, no, chapter 13, chapter 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Check out verse 17. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes alive through hearing the word of Jesus Christ. O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the message of, of God. Let's, let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 37. O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. You will come alive. So we just heard, uh, you know, preach the word. They need to hear the word of God. But now it's the, the breath of God. And this is so important. The breath, the wind, the spirit of God. It's all the same word in ancient Hebrew. And we have this double feature presentation of God here. It's God's word and God's spirit coming at you. Both are amazing. God's word in the hands of of the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. It brings new life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and, I, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came, to came together, bone to bone. I looked, tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. The bones reassembled, the tendons, the flesh, the organs, it's, it's all there. Now it's just bodies, bodies and bodies and bodies filling the valley. You have to imagine just a bunch of lifeless bodies. And if you're tuning in now, you're probably like, what nightmare are you talking about? But we're going to keep going. We, we got to call upon the breath of God. Come, Spirit, come and bring new life. God, bring life into this situation. Breathe life into this valley. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. Bring your spirit, bring your breath, the, the, the wind of God. Have you ever experienced wind that comes at you from north, south, east, and west? Probably not. But if you imagine what that would feel like, just wind, the four winds, it represents the full and total power of God. God's life-giving spirit is blowing through this valley. 
So as I prophesied, as, as, he, he, as he commanded, breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. The bodies, the people, they're, they're alive. They're standing up. They're a vast army. And so for Ezekiel to, to preach and, and, and prophesy, and, and see the immediate results, that must have been so encouraging, so empowering, so uh, so rewarding to see all of this. God is bringing restoration. What incredible vision this has been. What an amazing vision. But what does it all mean? What does it all mean, PMC Beyond? What do you guys think? Thankfully, God, he... He gives us the interpretation. Check out verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Tell us how you really feel, bones. Tell us how you really feel. We're dried up. Hope is gone. We feel cut off. Tell us how you really feel. Feel. This is the house of Israel, the community of, of God, the community of Israel. Exile is, is terrible. And the community of Israel is in the valley of death right now. That's what it feels like. Their existence, they might as well be dead. But God brings the good news, church. Come alive, dry bones. Come alive. Awake. Arise. Listen up, dry bones. God has a plan of restoration to give to you. God has good news for you. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. God is faithful. There is hope. And this hope that is available for everyone, it comes from God alone. Now, this sermon series is, I just need to pause here. This, this isn't a thorough examination of Ezekiel. Like, like, as much as I would love to do some Old Testament studies, for our purposes today, we are interested in what Ezekiel means for the life of the church. We have our gospel lens on our New Testament framework here this morning. This Old Testament vision of dry bones, it's, it's, it's a really good illustration of what our lives are like without Jesus. Without Jesus, we're dead. Without Jesus, we're lost. We're, we're dried up. We're cut off. We have no hope. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Colossians 1.21 affirms this. It says, before we have this restored relationship with God, it's like we're alienated from him. Our minds are hostile to him. Our minds are full of sin. So full of, of just missing the mark. 
the Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. And, and, and really, like, each one of us is headed to the valley of dry bones. But it doesn't have to be that, that way. There is hope. We have hope in Jesus. So yes, Ezekiel's vision, it originally communicated a message for the community of, of Israel. But for us today, this Old Testament vision, it really illustrates a good, a good image of the gospel. And a central theme of the gospel is resurrection. Only God can bring this restorative grace of resurrection. Only God has this life-giving capacity to give. Again, Ezekiel's message is originally for the community of, of Israel. But with our New Testament lenses on, with our, our gospel framework, when we get to the New Testament, when we talk about death and resurrection, it's, it's not a vision. It's not some sort of spiritual, mystical dream. When we get to the New Testament, when we talk about death and resurrection, we talk about Jesus. He was here. He lived amongst us. He went to the cross. He died. He was buried. And he rose again. When we talk about death and resurrection, it's not vision. It is historical truth. It's real. It's Jesus' story. And if you belong to Jesus, it's your story. It's our story. Ezekiel 37, God was giving hope to a dead faith community. But we know that sometime later, out of this community, this community of Israel that just was so full of struggle. But you know what? It was out of this community came Jesus. He lived the life that we could not. And Jesus, he went to the cross and he entered the valley of death. But the good news is he didn't stay there. He passed through the valley. He's alive. He's resurrected. The New Testament teaches that in this scenario, Jesus is the first fruit. He is the first one to pass through the valley of death. And this is world-changing good news. And it gets better because it's not just for Jesus. Resurrection is not just for Jesus. Jesus now, he forms this new community around him. It is a community of people, Jews and Gentiles, people who come to Jesus and he resurrects their heart and the spirit of God blows through the caverns of their soul and they come alive and they're awake and they're standing and they're following Jesus. It is a vast army, the church. The good news is we get to pass through the valley because Jesus did so first. He is with us in the valley. He does not forsake us. We don't need to fear evil. His rod and his staff comfort us. This is our story. And when we talk about res, uh, restoration, resurrection, 
restoration. Jesus is, is restoring us. He's restoring us. He is giving us a new story. Jesus is bringing his resurrection spirit. The power is there. The power that raises Jesus from the dead is available for us today. Available to help us live this walk, this Christian life, to deal with the frustrations and stress, to deal with just everything. The peace, the power, the breath of God, the word of God is right there with us. Jesus is with us in the valley. And I want you to think about this good news. How do you really feel? How do you really feel? But as we just close this, this message now, let's just take a few moments. Church, PMC Beyond, I want you to ask God. Take a few moments, ask God, listen to God. Ask God to, to bring his, his word and to, to bring his spirit. Ask God that he could, he could breathe life into you, your family, your marriage, your workplace, this country. His word, his spirit. It's not an intellectual activity here. Not an intellectual enterprise we're about to engage in. But simply, wherever you're tuning in from, just be like, hey God, bring your word, your breath. Let the spirit wind blow. Wake me up. Bring me to life. Restore. Restore. Resurrect. Maybe God will give you a verse, an image. Maybe God will, will point you in a direction. Let's just take a few moments. Go to the God of restorative grace, the God of resurrection. Let's talk to God together as a church.